Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Sometimes I wonder in my darkest moments, why am I going, why? So God had to remind me, Tommy, that's what life is made for. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Everything in my life should be a spotlight and a reflection and a pointing back to the goodness of Jesus. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. Everything that has transpired since Leah was diagnosed with cancer has really been inspired by God. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. Today on the show, we will be joined by the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kevin Mawai. Had a great career as an offensive lineman, a center with the New York Jets, the Titans, the Seahawks. And we'll hear all about uh, his career, but also what he's up to now at Arizona State. And then also, we'll be joined by Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Chris Conley. He plays college football at Georgia. Uh, He played with the Kansas City Chiefs, but now he's with the Jags. And so we'll catch up with him. And then stick around at the end of the show. We'll do our segment, Unpack This, about consistent defenses and what it means to have consistency in life. So that's coming up toward the end of the show. And you can also subscribe to receive Unpack This, the email version, uh, each weekday in your inbox. You can go to unpackingit.com to subscribe. And it's a, a quick thought about sports, faith, and life. And it's meant to encourage and challenge you each weekday. Uh, So definitely check that out, unpackingit.com. Coming up next, we'll do our segment, I'm Convinced. I've got some thoughts on running backs toward the end of their career. Adrian Peterson is, is what spurred on that thought. And then we'll also get into Tom Brady and some of the other big stories of the week. It's unpacking it. So glad to be with you. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back with I'm Convinced right after this. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Unpackingit.com. Kevin Mawai and Chris Conley are guests that are coming up on the show in just a little bit. But right now, it's time for our segment, I'm Convinced, where I let you know what I'm convinced of. So, let's start in the NFL. I'm convinced it's unfortunate that elite running backs drift off into oblivion at the end of their careers. And whether we realize it or not, it downgrades our perspective on their overall career so Adrian Peterson he's actually still contributing but he's on a Redskins team that is so bad that he's not finishing his career on a high note and I don't know when he's going to retire but I'm watching his final years in Washington and it's just hard to see and what ends up happening is 
it's easy to forget how unbelievable someone like Adrian Peterson was for, for so many years and what he did with, with Minnesota because our, our last memory is him just fighting for any yards on this terrible Washington Redskins team. And we've already seen him bounce around in Arizona and New Orleans. And we're talking about one of the best running backs ever. I mean, when Peterson was in his prime, he was unstoppable and it was the best running back in the NFL. But then, you know, if you stick around for a few more years, you just kind of, your career just dwindles at the end. And it's the running back position more than any other position. And I'll talk about quarterbacks in a moment because I look at other running backs, at least in the last few seasons or last 10 years or so, and I think of guys like Matt Forte, Jamal Charles, Steven Jackson, Arian Foster, Maurice Jones-Drew, Sean Alexander, Marshawn Lynch, Priest Holmes. And, and these names, I mean, these guys were, I look at it from a fantasy perspective too, I mean, they were unbelievable year after year putting up huge numbers they were you know so reliable on on their teams and you think about Jamal Charles in Kansas City and Steven Jackson with the Rams and Arian Foster with the Texans and you know these guys you could count on to put up big time running back numbers and then all of a sudden you know they leave their their main team and you just kind of forget about them. You think, ah, maybe they'll do something. Uh, nope, it, it, they just they fade out. And, and then your lasting memory is Jamal Charles not doing anything in Denver. And in some ways, it just takes away from their overall career. And you try to look back and you try to remember, but, but it's just kind of on your mind. It's like, wait, was Steven Jackson, was he that good? Yeah, he was really good with the Rams. Now, part of it, those teams were never that good. But he just kind of drifted uh, toward the end of his career. And then Maurice Jones-Drew in Jacksonville. Remember, he goes out, I guess, in Oakland and just didn't do much toward the end of his career. And we kind of forget all that he did in Jacksonville. So to me, it's just, it's just an observation, and it's an, just an unfortunate situation. Now, there have been a couple guys, like Emmett Smith after Dallas. He was okay in Arizona. LaDainian Tomlinson with the Jets was, was pretty good. Edron James, after he left the Colts, he went to the Cardinals and, and was decent. Uh, but I think, I mean, when I think of running backs that really went out on top, Terrell Davis with Denver winning a Super Bowl, uh, Barry Sanders, you know, retiring basically in the prime of his career, and then Jerome Bettis, he wasn't great at the end, but at least he stayed in Pittsburgh and then won a Super Bowl and retired. Uh, but man, other than that, like at least in the last, you know, decade or so, those are some of the names that, that jump out to me. And I think Adrian Peterson is falling into that. And it's just crazy the the career of running backs. Like it, to me, it's just for many, it's so short, and their prime years are so limited. And you know, we're even we're thinking about guys like Le'Veon Bell. Like, what will he do the rest of this season? Will Todd Gurley continue to have some some good seasons ahead of him, or his are are his best days already behind him? I mean, it's just crazy. So it's just an interesting position. So QBs, on the other hand, I mean. Drew Brees is injured right now, but he's going to finish his career, it seems like, on a high note because he's been playing really well up until that injury. And then you think about guys like Elway and Aikman and Steve Young and Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. You know, They all at least finished with the same team and, and finished pretty well. Like they, they, When you think back on those players, you have great memories of what they were able to do as a quarterback. And, and, of course, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Joe Montana, they left their 
team that we know them for and where they had all their success. And they did okay. I mean, Manny won a Super Bowl with Denver, even though he couldn't really throw the ball in that final season. And then Favre, he at least took Minnesota to the, the, the Super, or not to, to the playoffs. Um, and they were a few plays away from, from making a deep run. And, and so, and then Montana and Kansas City was, was decent. But all three of those guys, it's a bummer that they left their teams, right? Like, it's so much better when you think about Elway and Aikman and Kelly and Marino. They finished their career with those teams. And so this week, what did we hear? We heard about Tom Brady. So I'm convinced if Tom Brady and the Patriots win the Super Bowl, then he will retire. Because I'm convinced nobody wants Brady on another team next year. So that was the big report from Adam Schefter that it's a possibility, it's a strong possibility that that he's not with New England next year and that it's a realistic possibility that he could play somewhere else. I'm convinced nobody wants it. I'm convinced he should look at Brett Favre and come on, man. Just we, we wish Favre finished with Green Bay. We really do. And could Brady go take a team to the playoffs and prove that he could do it without Belichick? Maybe. But why take that risk? We, you're a legend in New England. You're a, you're, to many, you're the GOAT. And all that you've accomplished, they'll probably win the Super Bowl this year and then then retire. Why why monkey around? And what's he going to go play in San Francisco? Kick, kick Garoppolo out? I mean, come on. So I, I'm convinced that, that, that I don't want it to happen. Now, of course, I, I'm convinced that it would be a great story as far as we talk about it and wonder, and we, you know, every game would be fascinating to see him on another team. But then after that wore off, we'd be like, wait a second, why is he, why is he on another team? So that, that's what I'm convinced of in, in that regard. Uh, I got two more that I'm going to have to run through pretty quickly here. Um, those running backs, they got, me, they got me going. All right, so I'm convinced fans and coaches have to constantly remind themselves that fit and team chemistry is more important than talent. And, and even in speaking of the, the Patriots, now they've got good players, there's no question. But it's all about chemistry and system and fitting in and everybody on the same page. Because what do we see in, in the NFL right now? I mean, Carson Wentz is one of the most talented quarterbacks out there. Came into the league and, you know, even though he went to a smaller school in North Dakota, it was, hey, this guy can play. He's, he's got all the skills. But for whatever reason, there's just been a disconnect and the chemistry just doesn't seem to be there in Philadelphia. And there's, there's just been a lot of you know, smoke surrounding them in that locker room and wondering, wait, why aren't the Eagles better if they do have this talent at quarterback? And, and why did Nick Foles win the Super Bowl and almost take them far again? And it just comes down to fit and chemistry, and that's what Nick Foles had. And, and so I'm not going to say that it can't work for Wentz and Philadelphia because I'm a, I'm a Wentz fan. I hope it works. But up up until this point, it's just confusing because I thought this Philadelphia team could could go to the Super Bowl. I really did. I had high hopes for them. So they've been a disappointment. And so I, I'm just reminded that that fit is so important. And we know this, but we get caught up in talent and we're enamored by stars and, and the big name players. And there are so many just solid teams that just just win with good players and that are all bought in. And then once you throw in Maybe the, you know, the, the top draft pick that wants it to be all about him on offense or defense, he takes away from the rest of the guys, 
and football is such a team-oriented sport that it just doesn't work. So you got to get rid of those, those big personalities a lot of times. And we've talked about that with Antonio Brown. So, it, again, it's, it's about fit and chemistry over talent so often. It really is. Now, if you can get both, that's when you really have high success. Um, so that's what I'm convinced of there. Because even Kyle Allen, you look at him with Carolina, he, he fits right now. That's why it's working with the Panthers. My final, I'm convinced. I'm convinced Baker Mayfield, stick to the commercials, the State Farm commercials. They're hilarious. Enough of the talking to the media and complaining about refs. You're wearing me out with, with, with all the back and forth and complaining. Stick to football and stick to your State Farm commercials. They're clever and hilarious. Win some games before you start complaining about everything in the media and, and all these comments. I, I've just had enough. So that's what I'm convinced of this week. Let me know your thoughts. Bryce at unpackingit.com. When we return, Chris Conley from the Jacksonville Jaguars is our guest right here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll be joined by Kevin Mawai, former NFL center and just incredible offensive lineman and pro football Hall of Famer. Now he's a coach with Arizona State, and so it'll be great to hear how he's doing and what that job is like uh, with Herm Edwards, his former coach. Uh, So Kevin played for Herm, and so uh, now they're together at Arizona State and having a really uh, good season. Uh, Also, toward the end of the show, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about consistent defenses and specifically some comments made by Bobby Wagner with the Seattle Seahawks and and how consistency uh, relates to our own lives. And and so definitely stick around for that. And if you want to subscribe to Unpack This to be able to receive it in your email inbox, you can go to unpackingit.com. It's a quick thought about sports, faith, and life, and it's designed to encourage and challenge you each day as you read it right in your inbox. So let's jump into our first interview of the day. And joining us now is Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Chris Conley. He is in his first season with the team after spending four seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs, who drafted him in the third round out of Georgia. He is also a filmmaker, writer, and musician. I met Chris at an FCA breakfast while he was playing at Georgia, and I am thrilled to have him join us today on Unpacking It. Chris, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I could make it. Absolutely. So I want to I want to jump in and, and, and talk about the decision to sign with Jacksonville. And, and what was that process like for you, prayer-wise, emotionally, football-wise, that ultimately led you to the Jaguars? You know, it's, it's something that was an interesting process, something I'd never really been through before and didn't really know how to approach. But one of the things that made it a lot easier, you know, talking with my wife about, about where we would end up and, and what goals that we had, um, you know, just the fact that, you know, she was okay with where the Lord, she would be okay with where the Lord led us. And then also the opportunity to reunite with a, a teammate, an older teammate who, you know, about three years ago, we talked to and, and kind of having a conversation said, Hey, if we get, if we get the opportunity to play together again, 
uh, we should totally do that. And we actually prayed about that then, and the opportunity presented itself for me to reunite with Nick Foles, and we considered that an answer to prayer, um, felt at peace about it, and uh, really just, uh, you know, came down here. And really, I believe, you know, the reuniting of us, you know, as brothers being able to play together is not necessarily for a football reason, but, you know, iron sharpens iron, and that's a guy that I trust with my life, you know, a guy to hold me accountable and help me grow and for me to help him grow. And just the benefit, the benefits of that relationship spiritually have been, you know, insurmountable. Wow, that's so cool. Chris Conley, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And and so uh, along those lines, how has the, the transition to Jacksonville been going? How, how are you enjoying your, your first season? Uh, it's been really good. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting settled into into the city, you know, getting used to being near a beach. My wife loves that. Nice. Uh, getting used to a new team and, and new guys in the locker room, which has been really fun. You know, I just I think it's something that we've taken a day at a time and just tried to really get get used to over time, get comfortable with. You know, it's, it's a little bit easier for me being in a locker room every day with, you know, guys to make friends. Uh, a little bit different for, for my wife, you know, ever since she got down here and started working. But uh, she's getting plugged in and finding girls, you know, to, to spend time with and to lean on. And, uh, you know, that's been good. It's been really good. That, that's always, always key, for sure. And, and, and also you mentioned with, with Nick Foles, the, the spiritual connection and, and you guys wanting to, you know, grow in your faith together. What's that like for you leaving a, a team and, and, you know, being involved with, with guys from a you know, Bible study standpoint to then going into a new locker room and having to form, you know, new relationships and join a new Bible study? What has that been like for you? You know, it can always be nerve wracking when you're joining a new group and meeting new guys and being in situations that you potentially eventually might have to be vulnerable in. Mm. It can always be a little bit nerve wracking and you can be nervous, but, uh, the experience here has been has been great, you know. Getting plugged in with guys in this locker room and who really want to grow on a spiritual level and grow beyond, you know, baby faith. Now they don't want just chapels that are that are simple or Bible studies that are simple that are about oh, you know, God's equipped you to do everything. Just go out there fearlessly and win this weekend. You know, we want to we want to delve into real topics about life, uh, about spiritual growth, about being men leading families. And that's been really refreshing to be around guys and even young guys who want to want to learn more beyond the basic things of faith. Chris Conley, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a wide receiver with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And and how has your kind of maybe role changed from you know being a rookie in the NFL to to now this is your, your fifth season when it comes to being a you know a spiritual leader and, and being a guy who you know, does voice his his faith and encourage other guys and, and that sort of thing. Being someone who who grew up in the faith and so you you have a you know a mature background, but you've been you know a younger player in the league and in the locker room. What what has that kind of process been like over the years to kind of where you find yourself now? Uh, it's been it's been interesting. The the path that God's put me on has been has been one of, of ups and downs. And I think really being kind of an older guy now, that's the opportunity that I have to tell people that I don't have it all figured out. I'm far from perfect. I'm so flawed and need God in so many ways in my life. And being able to tell them that honestly and really, you know, just 
disarming some situations and humbly saying like, Hey, like, this is why I need God, mm. you know? And, um, and just, you know, having the relationships, building relationships to the point where you can talk to guys and not have to preach about them or preach to them and just talk to them. And they know that you care about them and they're comfortable, you know, talking to you uh, about things that they're going through in their life. Um, things that you can pray about and things that you can kind of help them walk through. But just as much as I've been trying to do that with some younger guys here, you know, I've had guys who've spoken into my life and things that I'm going through and guys who have, you know, stepped up to hold me accountable and help me grow in the same way. And so the, the ironing sharpened iron thing is just something as I get older that I see being instrumental in my lives and the lives of others. Mm. It's so crucial for, for all of us, whether we're on an NFL roster or uh, everyday life, the, the need for encouragement and challenging from one another. No question about it. Chris Conley, our guest right now on Unpacking It, wide receiver with the Jaguars. And, and so this season in, in Jacksonville, you guys have had some awesome, exciting wins and some tough losses. Uh, but I, what I find interesting is on Twitter, regardless what you like to post after games is, you know, glory to God, win or loss. He works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And, of course, that's, that's Romans 8, 28. What, what have you learned about that concept and, and how important it is to have that, that mindset as a football player who, who goes through wins and losses, injuries, health, all that sort of thing, and, and to just be able to, to remain consistent and constant in, in understanding the, the truth of, of that, that verse? You know, I've just something that I, I was taught at a really young age, and over time I've grown to understand it in a deeper way. Um, you know, it's easy to say praise God in all circumstances when things are going well, and it's really hard to do that after an overtime loss or after a season-ending injury. You know, it's, it's something that I've been determined that I'm going to use my platform to say regardless of the outcome and to just, you know, praise God with the opportunity that I've been given here. However small that may seem, you know, I feel like it's significant because it's an opportunity for me to point to, you know, the one who, who holds me and who keeps me here and who put me here in the first place. But it's definitely been, you know, going through some life to get to the point where I can say that and mean it and really lean on it in hard times when that's not really the mindset that you want to have amen chris conley with us on unpacking it and and final thought as we as we wrap up the the conversation and man i could talk to you all day and appreciate your your insight and uh willingness to share with us today uh what's maybe one quick thing that that god has been teaching you recently or something that that you've been studying that that's been at the forefront of your mind uh the forefront of my mind it kind of has to do with what we talked about earlier is that um, the importance of community, mm. the importance of fellowship, the importance for men to be able to be vulnerable with other men who they trust, not just men who they trust, but men who are grounded in faith, who are grounded on the rock, men who will hold them accountable, men who will accept them, men who will help them grow. The importance for that, you know, Jesus didn't do life alone. He doesn't call us to do life alone. And the importance of those relationships is, is huge and it's paramount. And I've been learning that so much this year. And I learn it more and more each day with, you know, the guys that I'm 
I'm walking out life with. Man, it's so good, and, and what a great encouragement as we wrap things up. And Chris, really appreciate you taking the time. I, I know you're you're in a rush, but but glad we were able to squeeze this in, and, and appreciate you joining us here on Unpacking It. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. He's Chris Conley, Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver, and really appreciate him being on Unpacking It today. And I, I met him years ago when he was at Georgia, and we were both at an FCA. Uh, it was the Belk Bowl breakfast in Charlotte, and and he he spoke a little bit, and it was really just sharp and mature, even as a a college student athlete. And to now see him have a nice start to his NFL career. And, and the fact that he ended up in Jacksonville because he wanted to be with Nick Foles, I think is really interesting. And, and even though Foles isn't playing, the, the fact that he's still in that locker room, their, their relationship goes beyond the field. So uh, pretty cool to hear that. All right, when we come back, Kevin Mawai, Pro Football Hall of Famer, joins us right here on Unpacking It. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and I love fantasy football. It's just so much fun to compete against your friends, to get bragging rights when you actually win. But as you know, it can also be frustrating, challenging, upsetting when the players you expect to do great things fall flat, and you lose to your buddy, and then you never hear the end of it. But either way, fantasy football is fantastic, and so here at Unpacking It, we created Fantasy Football fellowship and we've got the playbook available for you today just go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com basically we take fantasy concepts relate them to the bible relate them to our own lives and we just want to enhance your fantasy football experience throughout the season so it'll add meaning and purpose to your fantasy football season go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com that's fantasyfootballfellowship.com and order your playbook today. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Welcome back to Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. The website, unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast anywhere podcasts are found. And joining us now is the Hall of Famer, Kevin Mawai. He spent 16 seasons in the NFL as an offensive lineman with the Jets, Titans, and Seahawks. Seattle drafted him in the second round in 1994 after his great career at LSU. He was an eight-time All-Pro center, and he retired after the 2009 season. After spending time as an assistant coach with the Bears, he is now an offensive analyst with Arizona State and Herm Edwards, his coach when he played for the Jets. Kevin is a husband and a father of two, and he joins us now on Unpacking It. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're, we're psyched to have you. And, and first up, uh, want to talk about your, your new role with, with Arizona State. How are things going for, for you personally, and, and what does your role look like as an offensive analyst? Yeah, things are going well. This is actually my second season. I joined Herm Edwards' staff like shortly after he got hired as head coach. And so I'm enjoying it. Where our players are playing hard and deciding to be a part of the program that's changing the culture. And, uh, you know, individually, it's, it's great for me. It's an opportunity for me to get my foot in the door and be around a good staff and to offer like, years of experience and playing 
to the coaches' staff, and you know, my role specifically is working with the offensive line coach and you know helping uh, game planning and preparing for the opponent and you know evaluating our own players and things like that. And pretty much everything a, a coach would do, except for NCAA rules, don't allow you to be on the football field. Don't allow you to coach <laughs> on the field. So doing everything I can except for actually blowing a whistle. And, uh, yeah. and it's good. I'm in a good spot right now, but I'm with a good staff. And we got some good players and good guys on the team. And so it's great to be a part of that. And, you know, and then the mentor side, the side of it, mentorship side to the players who are trying to achieve what I did in my career. And, you know, and then also the, just teach them how to be men, how to mm. grow to be healthy, productive men in society and what that looks like. Wow. that That's so cool to hear. And so as you think about your time as a, college athlete what do you wish maybe you knew or or were, were taught that you're now able to you know teach these guys and, and mentor and encourage these guys well I think when I was in college I was very short-sighted and what things look like and didn't look long into the future and it's all about the here and the now and that's the biggest thing and get guys to understand these young men to understand that the decisions that they make now have consequences for the future and what is good or bad. And they, you know, really think hard about, you know, what direction they want to go in. And, you know, for me, I didn't live a faith-filled life in college. And it was a little bit different for me than it is now. And so to, to be where I'm at and looking back on it, there's things like say, hey, you know, when I was in a situation, I wish I would have done things differently or I wish I could have done this differently and, you know, that kind of stuff. And this position allows me to have that influence over, over a bunch of young men. Kevin Mawai, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And back in August, he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so I'm curious, how has your life changed since being inducted and, and since putting that jacket on? Uh, I don't think, you know, your life really doesn't change a whole lot, but it changes a lot. And it doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> to say that. But like on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, I still got to come to work. I'm still the same husband. I'm still a dad to college-age students and thinking in the football world, getting a little bit more respect, you know, as being one of the best that ever played the game. And, and aside from that, I, you know, I got a, a nice yellow jacket that I wear from time to time. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you come a little bit more hot as a commodity on the speaking circuit and things like that. But so other than that, nothing's really changed. But it, it is a sense of pride that I have and it's a sense of respect that people give you that you didn't have before. No, it's awesome. It was well deserved, and and what's so cool about you know your your career as an offensive lineman and just the the role of a lineman is is unique in that you you've got to have the mindset where you're you're trying to make other players great. You're you're trying to open up holes so a running back like Curtis Martin can be a star and and to to block for yeah. for quarterbacks. So I'm just curious, can you take us into what that mindset is like to where you're helping others and then by the end of your career, you actually get recognized for the work that you did that, that actually helped those 13 running backs that, that rushed for over 1,000 yards and, and that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not funny because people ask, did you always want to be an offensive lineman? I laugh at it because nobody that ever plays football ever wants to be an offensive lineman. You kind of either grow into the position or you just get put into it. And so then during that point in your development, you got to decide, am I going to embrace it or fight it? And for me, and it didn't matter as long as I got to be on the football field. I started off as a quarterback way back in, you know, flag football and then in youth football. And then I grew out of the position into linebacker and eventually an offensive lineman. And if you do your job right and you do it well, nobody ever knows about you uh, for the most part. And the only time everybody talks about you is when you do something wrong, whether you're, you know, false start, a holding penalty, or give up a sack. But 
you get recognized long-term according to what the guys around you have done. And that's what my career is built on. It was built on the Chris Martin and Chris Johnson and Travis Henry and, you know, Lindell White, these guys that ran, ran for a thousand yards and it was built on my team success and being top five in the rushing like 10 out of 16 years I played and on you know, the team concept. And, and so yeah, at the end of the day, if, if what you really want is to be recognized as you know, look at me kind of guy and be put on a pedestal, the offensive line is not the job that, it's not the job you really want. Kevin Mawai, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He, he's now an assistant coach with Arizona State, but, but he's a pro football Hall of Famer. And, and speaking about the Bible, and, and let's talk a little faith with you. And, and, and I'm curious, since, since retiring from the NFL, how has your faith grown or been impacted? Well, I think you know, my faith has grown on a daily basis and in different ways. As a young believer, it's just learning what being a Christian is all about, learning about accountability and things like that. And then you get a little older, and it's like, okay, now i got a group of, of core guys that I spend my life with, and, and we hold each other accountable. And, you know, they, they, they you know, call you out on the floor, and they, they check on you, make sure you, you know, you're healthy spiritually, you're in a good place, you, you treat your family right, and doing what you're supposed to be doing. And, and then along the way, you bring younger guys up and you try to be a mentor to them and their faith. And here I am now, I'm 48 years old. I've been saved for 20-plus years. And, and I try to model that to my you know, my faith, to my team, to the kids I, the, I coach and mentor, and, and also to our coaching staff. You know, I mean, we got some guys on our staff a little bit older than me, but not a whole lot of them have kids my age. So I'm in a different stage of life from a family standpoint, you know, I've learned, you know, that my greatest challenges have been my marriage and my children. And, and I learned from that. And I learned what the word says about, you know, raising your children, how you treat your wife and your family. And those are, are things that I take and try to share and mentor to other people. So, you know, the platform has gotten bigger with the hall of fame, as far as being able to share my faith and everything from how I got saved to how I live my life and circumstances I've dealt with to, how do you handle situations? And, you know, I, I can say honestly and, and freely that I'm not perfect. I lost a little bit today on practice field. You know, you, you say some things that maybe come out emotionally that you, you know, trying to get a point across and you look back on it, but, you know, it's probably not a very good example of how Christ would want you to do it. And so you ask for forgiveness from that person or in that situation and you move along. And, and that's what you really teach people is like your life is a forgiven life. It's not a perfect one. And, mm. And it's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. No, I love that that point. And so, just to continue that that thought and to unpack that a, a little bit further, what have you learned a, about grace and, and how important is it for for someone like you who's you know represent? Hey, I I I love Jesus. I follow Jesus. This is the life that I want to live. But I am going to mess up. And so, to to for people that maybe look on, they're like, oh man, I can never you know live up to that standard or whatever. They kind of push Jesus away because they feel like it's unattainable. How important is grace and to get that message out to people that may not understand exactly the message of the gospel and that, that it is so rooted in grace and forgiveness? Yeah, and that's what people don't understand. Grace is unmerited favor. There's nothing that you can do to earn it. It just it's given to you. And more often than not, the only way you teach people about that is just to give it to them and, you know, and, and let God deal with them in another way. It's, well, why did you do this to me? It's like, you know what, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I forgive you. You know, it's grace. I don't, you know, God called, God forgave me for all the dumb things I've done. I'm going to give forgiveness to you. 
or I might just hear, I just want to treat you right just because that's what I'm supposed to do. And, and then when you ask me, why do I live the life I live? Now that's the door for me. It opens up for me to share my faith with you. And, you know, God teaches us in the word that, you know, the greatest leaders are the servants and, and those who serve, you know, are, are over others. And, and so ultimately, whether I'm a coach, a husband, a dad, or whatever, is to serve the people that God has put over me. Mm. And, uh, and that's what I try to do. The more you model it and show it versus you saying it all the time, then when people see how you act and how you behave, they put more stake into that than the words that come out of your mouth at times. And, and um, you know, I think, you know, somebody said at one time, if it wasn't for Christians, there would be more of us. Hmm. And uh, lots of times people claim to be faith believers and big Christians and they, they act like complete idiots or they act like jerks. They treat people badly. And, and it's like, well, if, I, if that's what being a Christian's all about, I don't want any of it, you know? Hmm. And so I'm very aware and cognizant of, of how I act. And um, I try to teach guys that all the time. You know, the, the greatest people in our building are the janitors, custodial workers and equipment managers. They're the ones who have the toughest job. They serve everybody, and nobody ever knows their name. And so that's just a small example of how you try to model that grace and mercy and forgiveness and servanthood to people that you're around on a day-to-day basis. Kevin Mawai, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's an offensive analyst with Arizona State and a pro football Hall of Famer. And and I guess kind of the the last thought we'll we'll wrap up on on this. Read, read about your uh, your proposal story back in 1992, marrying your, your <laughs> wife, Tracy. And we probably don't have time, because I, I actually love a good proposal story. Probably don't have time to get into it today. But but just as far as kind of where you're at in in marriage, is is there a, a word of wisdom that, that you can share today, just something that you think could be an encouragement to, to guys listening today? Yeah, you know, I think for us, marriage has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And not because it's a difficult thing to be a part of, but just because it takes work. And people think when you get married, oh, we're in love and it's going to last forever. And Well, it only lasts forever if you if you work at it. And there's trade times where my wife, Tracy, and I, we, we always love each other, but we can't stand being around each other sometimes. <laughs> we don't like what it, you know, you don't have to like the person all the time, but I still love her. And, you know, God tells us, and the Word tells us to, to treat our wives like God loved the church. And God loved the church so much that he died for it. Well, you know, that's... You die to yourself every day in a marriage, you know, whether it's something you wanted or the way you wanted it or, or whatnot. Sometimes you just got to just say, all right, you know, whatever you want, you know, and that's not giving up your life, but sometimes it's, it's not worth fighting over stupid things. And, but we, we make it work. It's, it's I've been married 26 years now and, and my wife is my best friend. And that friendship developed over the 30 years that we dated and, and got married. And But it's a daily job. And sometimes people just don't want to work on a day-to-day basis. And that's where, you know, marriages and relationships fail because it takes effort to make good relationships, whether it's marriage or friendships or whatever, you know. And so, but my wife will tell you, we work at it every day. Oh, so strong. Well, we'll, we'll leave it right there. And, and man, we only we only scratched the surface with Kevin Mawai, but hopefully we'll, we'll have you back on again and, and wish you the best. Uh, with Arizona State and the rest of the season, and, and you guys are having an awesome season so far. So keep it going, and really appreciate you being a part of Unpacking It today. Thank you, man, and uh, I'd be happy to do it anytime. He's the Hall of Famer, Kevin Mawai, and awesome having him on Unpacking It. Up next, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about consistency. Consistent defense and what it means to have consistency in life. Thanks for being with us. It's Unpacking It. We'll be back right after this.
inspiring conversations, and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. Over the years, the Seattle Seahawks have been well-known for their dominant defense. This season, their record is 5-2, and two, and their defense has been stout at times. But it's also been unreliable in some of their games. As they rank 20th in the NFL in points allowed, linebacker Bobby Wagner isn't okay with such an up-and-down performance. He said this week, I think the consistency is where I would love to see us improve. Week in, week out, you know what you're getting. Everybody's on the same page. That's what I feel the great defenses are. They are consistent. I think what we need to improve on is getting more sacks and having more game-changing plays. Now, in the NFL, having a consistent defense that can be relied on as the foundation of the team is very valuable. When the defense does what it needs to do week after week, instead of being tough one game and then week the next, the overall team is set up to succeed. Consistency is also crucial when it comes to our own lives and our journey of faith. So do other people find that our lives are consistent with what we say and what we claim to believe? Are we reliable and dependable? And week in, week out, you know what you're getting. Or are we up and down, all over the place, and inconsistent depending on the day? If we truly want to be consistent, then we need to remain grounded and rooted in Jesus because he's the one who ultimately is reliable and dependable. The Bible encourages us to trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. In order to improve our consistency, we have to follow the one who never changes. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Great defenses are consistent, and they make game-changing plays. Today, let's consistently follow Jesus so we can experience life change in ourselves and in others. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.